Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us again, I don't know why he keeps coming back, he's on the line from Florida. It's our Florida Connection, Florida Senator, Phil Jakes. He's here for the music. I think he just comes for the tribute every week. Where are you? I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. I need somebody knowing. His face is always Every time we hit the hook, I wish they could see him. You know, <laughs> that would be so good. They don't want to see me. No, they don't want to. We're face for radio. That's the reason why. You don't want to see this guy either. He's he looks like uh, meth addict MG. Well, no, actually, MGK does look like a meth addict. Uh, what do you? Uh, it looks like yes. Dollar General MGK. Those are definitely fake face tats. He sounds like a furry. He looks like one he might too. Be, he might be a furry. Yeah, he definitely does look like a mixture of Dollar Store, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and uh, Poser Malone. Yeah, if they if they congealed on a gym floor. Yeah. Yeah. Rating. Uh, three point two. Better than last week, <laughs> where they missed the post, uh, by about a mile. All right, a mile is being generous. <laughs> so. We're really kind of limping into the end of our season. We only got, what, two episodes left, maybe after this? I think we'll do a championship show, and then we'll do the end of season one that we want, or an award yeah, show. Award show and whatever we wish for. Yeah. All right. Our our basic wishes for local racing and basic, well, we can put it for all of racing, I guess. We'll just do all the stuff that we want to see in the future. Okay. So we'll have that going on. Again, we're limping into the finish here. Shows are going to start slowing down, maybe. I don't know yet. That got a spark plug wire off. Yeah, it's it's running out of gas real quick. Well, we got plenty to unpack today. Uh, oh, we have a lot to yeah, unpack today. Yeah, we got a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. God almighty. Uh, basically, all we had was we had a race at Waterford that I know nothing about because, A, I didn't go, and, B, well, Racing America was there, and they did broadcast it live. But I didn't get to see it because I was busy watching the absolute debacle of an Xfinity race, thinking, hey, you know, maybe I could actually watch this afterwards because they'll put it up as a replay. Well, it's a day later. Still don't see it yet. Uh, Flo puts it up the minute it's over with. Racing America probably has to program things or um, have some intern do it, and they won't because they're lazy or some shit. Who knows what's happening over there? Soda hasn't come up yet. So now I have to rely on whatever notes I find on Facebook or social media in general. So, yeah, that sucks. But I'll at least mention it. Uh, We also had a couple other things going on. So, anyway, we might as well get into it. We usually start the episodes off with personal updates. Not a lot's changed. Uh, I think Phil actually has more updates than we would. So I should probably just let him do it unless he wants me to. I don't really have anything, honestly. I mean, the car, change the valve springs on the car last Thursday night. And then Friday night, went out to Citrus County Speedway, took some laps in the new pro truck to shake it down for uh, Fred. 
and that was my weekend. Hmm. At least he got to drive something racing related. The only thing I was driving was my work truck and a tape measure, I guess. <laughs> I saw it. It is a major cock tease, though, when I get to take out a truck. And I mean, it was respectably fast. Uh, in my session, I was the fastest. Um, and when Daniel took it out before me, it was the fastest. So it's a really, really good piece. And then uh, just don't get to race it the next night. It's a little bit of a cock tease, but still had fun with it. Oh, well, what are you going to do? But at least at some point, you're probably going to be able to drive it. So it's not a complete yeah. waste. So it sits really high, though. It's It sits really weird for what, what I was expecting compared to everything else I've ever driven. So it's like you're driving a bar stool. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, like it's so top heavy or what? No, it's the, the way the seat's mounted. It's. It's up higher than I'm used to. It's probably four or five inch, uh, inches up from the floor pan, hmm. just because that's how the guy who owns and typically drives the truck likes to sit. But it's just, it feels weird. I was going to say, is he just too short to see over the dash or something? What the hell? Get that thing down. I, he's not much shorter than me. Hmm. That's strange. Anyway, yeah, I don't like sitting up high in a race car because, number one, yeah, you want to keep the weight down, but number two... I don't like my head being near roll bars. I mean, I know a truck is probably a lot taller than what we got, but I don't want it. I don't like it. No, I want my line of sight right over the hood. Yeah. Ryan Newman definitely doesn't doesn't like it either. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So, I've been trying to – I've been – I think I put a new video out. I don't know if I mentioned that last week or this week or whenever the hell I released that. Uh, YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. You can find that at subscribe, please. I'm down to begging at this point. Uh, but anyway, I did put one out just to run the first part of my off-season maintenance program out because we got a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of technical and fabrication stuff to go through. Uh, I've been really waffling on what I want to do with this chassis because it's not good. Like I, it, It's obviously bent, so I've been stripping it for that reason. But then I look in the cockpit of the car and I'm the one who put all the tin work in this car. So I know what's straight, what's new, what's old, what's bent, what's disgusting, what's been replaced. I know everything. And I look over at the right rear of the cockpit area on the floorboards and there's popped welds, there's wavy floorboards and tin work and it does not look anything like what I put in because it was flat and it had a little downturn to it. This is just waves. It it's not good. And I'm like, wow, that's that's definitely from a car that's bent, you know, somewhere. And I don't know how bad it is. I measured it. It came out uh, straight-ish, but how do you trust I mean, I have a stock chassis car. How do you trust that these stock measuring holes or datum points are accurate? Because those cars were built to a tolerance of like an eighth or six, three sixteenths of an inch or something from the factory. They're like, yeah, you can fit body mounts on there. Throw it in. Let's take it a quarter. Yeah. About a quarter about inch. A quarter. Yeah, something like that. So that's not really great for a race car. Uh, that's not very uh, square or accurate. Quarter inch is a lot. 
So I have no idea how this car was built. I have no idea what the measurements were, if somebody had played with those or anything. So if I had like a tube chassis car where all the corners were right angles and something really easy to measure, I could just do that. It would be easy. But this, nope, you're going off datum points and you hope to God that they're right. So the center of the car measured out square. It's the same measurement both ways. Uh, the front of the car measured out square but the rear of the car is definitely way off. So I'm figuring with bent floorboards, I'm just not going to take the risk and just do a shorter clip. I'm doing the whole rear clip on the car. To hell with it. I got one. I'm just going to take my time and measure it. I'm going to cut the whole thing free. I'm going to cut the whole rear, you know, the rear hoop out. I'm going to cut that free from the frame. Cut the X out. I'm going to cut everything off. Just everything's going. I'll replace it. I'll do what I have to, but I have to get the car back straight. I got to get the spring out of it. I got to get whatever the, whatever it takes. I've got to get it back Make to sure where Make sure you cut the roll bars off. They jump out of the way real quick when they spring when they spring unloaded from the chassis. Well, I'm not going to have my face this far from it. <laughs> it's not going to like just, come flying out of the car or nothing. No, yeah, you don't want the tools to come flying out. That's why people use torches half the time to torch the stuff out because, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I mean, I'll be shooting videos of it, and I'll do my thing, but uh, it's going to take a lot of work. So I was going to take my spare chassis that's sitting out back because that's basically just a frame and a cage, and I tipped it up on the side with help from my neighbor there, and... uh we got to measuring it, and I was kind of confused by it because it would measure the same down one side and down the other side. But if you measured the X of the chassis, it was different by quite a bit. So I'm like, that's odd. So I was going to just throw that chassis in the garage, throw all the suspension on it, put blocks under it at like the ride height measurements, and basically just string the car and see if the suspension was straight. Like, if everything was square. And if that was the case, then I was just going to put all the tin work in it, swap everything over, and just run that. But I'm like, uh, this car, I don't even know if it's really bad. Maybe I can just fix the one that I got. So we're just going to go with plan A. I'm just going to fix what I got. So that's going to be a process. Uh, I think I might just leave it in my shop and just do it off of measurements. Just, I don't know, I'll build gantries. I'll do whatever. If I have a, If I have a flat floor and I put it on the flat floor or a flat table or something, how the hell are you going to measure it? You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's really tough to measure these stock chassis cars unless you have fixtures. You know, if you have fixtures that are already pre-measured and that you can just kind of set the car on and you can tell one way or the other if it's off, like too long one way, too short one way, bent, not sitting flat level, that's one thing. Don't have access to any of that. I can get a flat plate. I can get a flat table. I can get a flat floor. I can get all this stuff. I don't have fixtures, so everything's going to have to be based off of measurements. I'll just measure everything. Fixtures equals a chain and a tree. <laughs> we can't do that with this car. It's way too bent. <laughs> it's been it's been hit in the right rear so many times. Like guys have spun out, caught me in the right rear three, four times probably. I've caught the wall with it. I've been hitting the back bumper very hard a few times. Drive faster. Well, that's from people <laughs> no. not hitting the brakes behind me. I know. <laughs> I know. Phil is emotionless. 
I'm just laughing because I, <laughs> I I look at the stuff that I have on the right rear or had on the right rear of my uh, sportsman car, and I wonder how I haven't bent the rear clip as as hard as I've hit things. Yeah, I'm I'm also gonna build different fixtures for the bumpers. I'm gonna make sure that they are not as stiff as my old car because I think that if the bumper's too stiff side to side and doesn't have any give, it's just gonna hurt the chassis because just repeated blows to the back corner is gonna just keep flexing the chassis. And I mean, it's not like this thing with a roll cage, it's not like a race car is an immovable object. It's not like a crane gantry or something. Even those flex. Bridges flex. You know what I mean? Everything that's triangulated that has this sort of, you know, engineering to it will flex. So over time, you know, repeated hits, repeated movements is going to flex the car. That's why I'm in the spot I'm at right now, because I thought it was straight. But after repeated hits constantly without crashing fully, I guess, it's bent. So I got to be more judicious about it in the future, I suppose. But, yep, I got the... New chassis out at Jesse's house. I was over there today cutting it up, getting all of the old brake lines and fuel lines off of it. I got the old suspension out of it. I got the old rear end out of it, and uh, I cut the chassis in, or frame in half. So now I got a good front half. I got a good back half. I was actually standing up over it by like 10 feet off the ground and looking at it, just kind of eyeballing it. And uh, it looks pretty straight to me, so... You know, if there was any weird spots, you'd notice it, but it looks pretty good. So we're going to load that up tomorrow, and I'm going to start cleaning it up with probably my sandblaster, some wire brush wheels, whatever the case, I'll I'll get it done. One of the frame rails in the back, you know how these guys like to hack them off at the shock, whatever it is, shock tower or whatever in the back? Well, someone cut it a little short on one side and pretty much where I need it on the other, so now i got to do even more fabrication to get this thing to be square and straight and it's going to be a pain but i'll get there it's not the first one that i've done so we'll be all right it's just going to take some time and cold weather's coming i don't want to be working when it's three feet of snow on the ground so anyway i don't miss that i don't see why you would (laughs) i don't miss that at all i mean why would you why i don't know what i know some people that just want to live up there because it snows that's stupid I'm sorry, but it is. That's, Anything below that's 70 sucks. I mean, if you like skiing and snowshoeing and outdoorsy stuff that involves snow, okay, cool. By all means, you do you, but that ain't us. No. <laughs> Jesse, do you we're, like the cold? We're summertime the cold. people. Jesse actually loves the cold. Do you love snow then? Because I am You're fat. I have, ex- I have fur. I have extra layers of epidermis, <laughs> and it doesn't penetrate the epidermis i mean i do too but it doesn't mean i like it <laughs> every day it's like an oven in here i mean fat friends look out yes i like the cold because it keeps my body temperature normal i don't I mean, mind it so much is, I, mean, I refuse to live anywhere anymore where the air hurts my face i don't like spiders do either that all the I, don't time. Like, <laughs> I don't like snakes or alligators or spiders iguanas falling you don't like trees. snakes you better move to the moon yeah, because they're everywhere, man. I find them on my mail route. Yeah, but snakes <laughs> don't, won't strangle me in Connecticut. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, I usually find rat snakes or something. But Yeah, rat snakes don't work. And we don't have pythons. We don't have pythons. We, we do have, have timber rattlers. We have, we have copperheads, but you never find them. They're no, you can't find them here. We have them. You just don't see them. I like basements <laughs> and foundations. 
I like extra room in the house that I paid for. Like a sturdy home. Yeah. Not one that's just going to slab and going to be taken in the next windstorm. I don't like humidity, but that's mostly everywhere. Yeah, you'll never get away from that. I'd have to move to... I want to dig a hole in the backyard and bury a Connex box for my basement. Oh, you build a... Build like a uh, hidden... Like, underground fortress like yeah a storm like a shelter yeah a shelter yeah that's what i meant i was thinking i mean i can't flood i was thinking more along the lines of colin firth where he built like this underground room where he had like a bar and like big tvs and shit that was all hidden That'd be fun. that he had access from his house i was like this is freaking or no colin firth i'm sorry the guy from youtube sorry they're british i don't know my, names. my neighbors behind me are heavy conspiracy theorists so they probably they probably have I'm one trying to hide babies or or something no, they're probably the people who have their own. They're fucking weird over there. Obama's coming. <laughs> no, they're, they're the crew that rides around with loofahs on their uh, car. Oh. Well, different colors. Yeah. They're those people. I thought you were far enough away from the elderly housing places. No, it's creeping over this way, unfortunately. <laughs> I've It's got a 55 community, 55 plus community that I back up to over here, so. Oh, don't say that out loud. <laughs> he's got the loofah Freezing. out. Got the loofah out, and he's already backing up to it. I'm going to start putting flamingos and pineapples on the doors in my neighborhood. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Jesse, do you have any updates you'd like to share? No. It is going to be Didn't like... buy a crate motor yet? No. <laughs> Damn it. It is going to be 70 up here pretty soon, and it's going to actually probably November. Actually, because tomorrow's Halloween. This is kind of our Halloween special, but it's not. There's there's no spooky shit around here, so it's not even really special. Oh, I mean, it's New England, so you get all the basic people who are like, oh, Salem, Massachusetts, it's Halloween, I love Halloween. Oh, God, I can't stand them. Halloween's better than Christmas. It's like, cool, you're edgy, go away. Hey, I love Halloween. Everybody Halloween's can love fun. Halloween, but God Almighty, if you spend all October talking about Halloween and se- quote celebrating it, you don't get presents on Halloween. That sucks. Stand it. You get candy. That's pretty good. That's present. about it. I can get candy on Christmas, but they look at you weird if you go out and get it as an adult for yeah. free. You got to pay for it as an adult, which kind of sucks. Oh, Phil just sent me some news that I'll share later. Apparently, how about we start some news now? Actually, kind of shocking, yeah. Anyway, oh, yes. What were you saying, Jess? Sorry. How about we start some news now? Oh, well, we don't really start news now because it's only the second segment of the show, and we all know what happens on the second segment of the show. The only thing that people like from this show, and it is the Darf comment of the week. We only got about two more of these after this, so enjoy it while it lasts for this season, all right? This week's Darf comment of the week comes to us courtesy of phil because he really needed to bail me out on this one <laughs> i'll be honest phil is a darf magnet uh hunter darf hunter darf hunter certifies hunt certified darf hunter. it says so on twitter so it's true darf yes hunter. even though you wrote it yourself all right Slay. <laughs> that was my pr rep what are you I, talking about he sent me one on last tuesday right and i was like we have a winner i'm gonna use this one forgot to screen cap it because I always screen cap the Darf comment of the week winners. It got deleted. <laughs> was that crazy Karen the cat lady or whatever? Yes, it was. This is the one that we missed. This is the one that got away. It was someone who was saying 
that drivers were the ones asking for the stage breaks because they wanted to get out and take a break or something or eat lunch. I don't even know what the hell she was trying to say. <laughs> um, and then somebody showed her that she was completely wrong with a YouTube video of the drivers complaining about it. And she literally says in a retort, I can't watch it. I don't have YouTube. And I died laughing at it. And I was like, oh, we have a winner. Someone dumb enough to not know that YouTube is not something you have to subscribe to. Or is that just like kind of like reverse trolling where they pretend to be retarded or something? If you pretend, you're even more stupid. Try to pretend? No, trolling is passe. Sorry, it just is. So maybe they're just actually retarded. <laughs> yes, they have to be. Ah. So anyway, I lost my opportunity on that one. That was a good one. I was going to write something funny. Didn't do it because I missed my shot. And that's like the first time all year that I'd missed my shot. So because I always screen cap these and then later my phone is full of this crap and I'm going through it and deleting all my pictures. because I'm like, I don't need to remember all this crap. Get out of here. That's why screenshots last forever. Yes, that's why. Uh, but I dropped the ball on it. But Phil actually bailed me out yet again because he's a magnet to this stuff. Uh, so anyway, as a spoiler. I just know their little cesspools where they all hide. <laughs> as a spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear the results of the cup race now, and this is a racing podcast, so if you don't know, then you live under a goddamn rock. Who the hell are you? Uh, we are going to be talking about the end of the Martinsville race as it pertains to this DARF comment of the week. Now, NASCAR put out a tweet at the end of the race that says, absolutely wild. Everything's in all caps, by the way. Uh, all caps equals cool. It's cruise it's control auto, for cool. It's Yeah, it's autopilot for cool. Yeah, that's it. So it says, Bell wins because Christopher Bell, clutch city, absolutely, just 100% the most clutch driver right now. Yeah, that's the second um, time he's won when he had to. We'll get into it later, obviously. But yeah. And it's then time. it says, Bell wins. And then it says, Chastain with an incredible move. And it shows the video of what Ross Chastain did at the end of the race, which we will get into later. Um, yeah. I actually, to be honest with you, I, I should say it now because... The watermelon slide. Jeff Gluck put something up on Twitter. We love Jeff Gluck because he's a magnet for DARFs, but he is not a DARF himself. He's actually a good journalist. Uh, he put up, the Ross Chastain move will go down in NASCAR history and be replayed forever. What should it be called? He said his suggestion was the Hail Melon. I quote tweeted that and said, the Martinsville rim job. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, wait, no, not that. So <laughs> I thought it was funny. But anyway, back to NASCAR's tweet. So it was about the Ross Chastain rim ride, basically. It's called the Ross's rim ride. <laughs> Ross's rim ride? That's actually not bad. It's not too bad. It's alliteration, but I can actually stand it. Yeah. Um, so they said they showed the video of it. Everybody knows about it by now. It's amazing. So this guy, the egg, the person with no profile picture. That's the word I was looking for. And one word name. His name is Jay, apparently. J-A-Y. At God's Son at Earth. Okay, and capitalized all of those. At G-O-D-S. Sounds like an atheist. S-O-N-A-T-E-A-R-T-H. His his title says he's a sports commentator, but he has less followers than me. So, um, 
which is less followers to me, and I don't have an account. Right. He's got his pronouns in order, though. Does he? Hang on. Is it it? Was one of them it? Oh, for God's sakes. It's even worse than I thought. Um, and his, his location, his location is, is mad, mad deranged. deranged. <laughs> he ex him. Zizizozum, I smell syscum. <laughs> hey, Jess, you know that I uh, I identify as Michael Jackson. You know what my pronouns are? Hee <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's the best joke ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew it right away. I'm not sorry. You can have that joke, everyone else, if you haven't heard that one yet. Hee <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Um, I'm on fire today, folks. Let's he's go. firing on all cylinders. Okay, so this guy, Jay, God's son I or God's son at Earth tweets should be fined, disqualified for intentionally wrecking and damaging the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, he's one of your kind, like you, your northern kind. Really? Uh you can keep him. Take him back. Says he's lived in Massachusetts and New York. Well, good for he him. Did some stupid poll on Twitter. I'm just. Trolling his freaking page. <laughs> okay, so he sh- he's saying Ross Chastain should be fined and disqualified for intentionally wrecking and damaging the track. Intentionally wrecking who? <laughs> Himself? Himself. Himself. There will be no mention of suicide <laughs> on this program. Could you imagine how badly that could have gone, though? Oh, it could have gone bad, but you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing happened. He gained five spots and knocked Denny Hamlin out of his 18th attempt for a title. He touched Hamlin and uh, the six car there. Uh, Keselowski. That's it. He didn't write his. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> this guy tweets back Damn to him. Damn, should have raced track. Okay. Uh, this guy tweets back the greatest retort. James Thomas tweets back to him. I intentionally wrecked your mom. That's funny. <laughs> 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 Good retort. Doesn't yes. need to be any different than that. So he's, basically, people are just roasting him, saying, "Oh, any driver who crashes now should be wrecked and or uh, or Rex should get fined and DQ'd." That's stupid. Uh, somebody replied, "Who did you wreck exactly? He didn't intentionally wreck anyone, and the wall wasn't damaged at all. I mean, the paint was, but he didn't really take it down. You know what I mean? That's paint. It's gonna get ruined. They're gonna redo it every race anyway. Who gives a shit?" Yep. He's yeah, like, you didn't, th- you didn't think this one through well, did you? Who gets sent to the back for wrecking themselves? <laughs> NASCAR would look at this guy and be like, he crashed himself. Himself, you moron. <laughs> he ruined his own car. Yeah. Nobody Literally else's. his own car. No one else, just his own. Oh, my God. And when the machine breaks down, we break down. But the guy goes through and he retweets the end of the race. He's like, oh, still trying to process what happened. What this? Oh, my God. This guy's a dork. 16 hours ago, he tweeted, just got back from a Halloween party, the library. I was having lots of sex, studying. Yeah, you are a dork. Go fuck yourself. Be more funny. Fucking weirdo. No one cares. Literally, he's a tweeter who tweets things that no one gives a shit about. Like the only thing I tweet is like I'll tweet things that are maybe kind of halfway funny that I find funny, or maybe someone else will. Who the hell knows? You know. But anyway, that's just a stupid con- just just to think that you could oh let's find and disqualify people for in- nobody intentionally crashes themselves. 
unless they're crashing into someone else, which we'll probably can't get fix into later. Stupid. Yeah, I mean that's dumb. And so is Jay because he has won our Darf comment of the week this week. Congratulations, may God have mercy on your soul. You suck, you jackass. At God's son at Earth on Twitter, if you'd like to tell him how stupid he is. But I think that that's kind of a moot point because, good grief, the uh, amount of... <laughs> someone said, dumbest comment in the history of NASCAR. That's funny. <laughs> I like how Twitter is still like, oh, this may this may contain obscene or whatever. Would you like to see the comment? I'm like, yeah. Elon, that makes me want to see it more. It's like, Elon, can you get on this a little bit quicker? Free to bird. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance to get to that yet. Like, can, you, can you hurry it up there, guy? Free you bird. Know? Free to bird. I love all the people running away from Twitter because they're afraid that people will be allowed to say what they want. <laughs> How snowed do you have to be to be afraid of that? Well, it's kind of funny because all the workers were like, listen, you shouldn't be making uh, political judgment against us or whatever. Then which, why are they making political judgments against us? Which is kind others? of funny because... They're making political adjustments and banning people for whatever speech they declare. Typically, so, let's no be, sense of self-reflection. Let's whatever. be fair; it's typically right-wing people, which and, is why I don't like to yeah. do Twitter. I don't. I never liked it. Didn't want to do it's it. It's just hilarious to me to watch people diving off of it because they're afraid of free speech. Moving Bye, on, Felicia. Yeah, thanks for making it a better place for the rest of us. Now, take your views elsewhere. Now, uh, we don't have any news that we missed from last week for our new segment do we no we don't no, we don't really have any because like the one before was the Bubba wallace suspension the one before that was uh something else that nobody remembers that anymore anyway no one's gonna remember that not it, after, it is a total uh 24-hour news cycle not after today they're gonna remember that no way too much good grief well we can actually put something under it it doesn't really count but I mean, they did release the NASCAR Wheel Unmodified Tour schedule for next year, if you'd like to go through it. Wow, the silence is deafening. <laughs> they got a few great... Yeah, Riverhead came back. That's pretty cool. Well, Riverhead, yeah, I, like three God, of them. I hope they come back. Yeah, I mean... Wall, I got, has a, Wall has a date. Actually, you're right. Wall does have a date. Wall has a date, which is kind of cool, because that's a fast little racetrack. That's cool. I that's think a I fun saw racetrack. on there. Monadnock is coming back twice. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Lancaster has a race. Thompson has they have like a couple. two races. Yep, they have a North, couple. North Wilkesboro, Definitely. Saturday, September 30th. Yep. Uh, really? Oswego, Langley, Lancaster, I think I said, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, again, Richmond. Let's see. They go in February, they're going to New Smyrna. Yeah, they're doing that again. And then a month later, actually a month and a half later, they're going to Richmond. Uh, and then May 6th, they really kind of kick it off, so they have like another month off or something. Yeah, it begins the, the, north the northern one, side. where it actually, you know, the and, birds are out. And, the, and, and no that's the snow. one at the Mad Dog, right? Yeah, Madnock's yeah. got that one. Gotcha. Then they go like weekly, May 20th, there's Riverhead, but May 27th is still to be determined. Yeah, there's a couple that are open that may they may want to fill in later or whatever, but that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's you know, another to be there's another to be announced at July 29th. Those dates, I feel like it, you know maybe they're opening up talks like for a independent type track. Are you thinking what like I'm maybe thinking? maybe a Stafford maybe uh, what's that one in uh, Pennsylvania? Oh, 
uh, uh, Jennerstown. No. Jennerstown. Yeah. Jennerstown. Yeah, that Jennerstown's not on here. Maybe a Jennerstown race or two. That I is a little surprised. weird that Jennerstown isn't on there. Yeah, not confirmed yet, but you know, it might maybe. be. I think I those was... two. I think those. Oh, op- there's like two open dates or whatever on the schedule. I was actually Jennerstown then... was a fantastic race this year. I was, was actually. I don't want to admit it in public, but I was kind of being the hopeless optimist and hoping that Waterford would buy one. I'm not saying that they did because there's zero word that that's happening. But um, where else did they go last year? That's that was actually a, a, Waterford's more of a tri track kind of racetrack. Yeah, anyway. it's. I was just really hopeful. Is Seekonk on there? Yes, actually, Seekonk okay. June ding, ding, June tenth. Seekonk is there. Uh, I don't know if they come back at all or if they just have the one race. That's after the to-be-announced race in May. Then they go to Riverhead, Wall Stadium, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, July 15th. Then July 29th, they have another to-be-announced race, Lancaster up in upstate New York. That's uh, that dual-purpose track. I think they had a pretty good race. I think Emerling won there last time. You said June 10th was Seekonk, right? Yes, June 10th. That's right around the same time they usually do the 10K race. Like the pro stock one? No, the uh the oh the tri track. Yeah. Well, they might move that around. Who knows? I know they like to have the open wheel Wednesday thing, so hmm. um I'm sure they're not gonna get rid of that. I hope not. No, Seaconk would never get rid of that. I, I Hard to I run it that close it. to their their other event though. Yeah, but again, I really kinda doubt that the, uh, there's modifieds everywhere, and if there's money, they're gonna show up. It's not a big deal. Just don't have it back to back weeks and you'll be fine. Uh, August 5th, they go to Lancaster. August 16th, I'm guessing Bud 150 at Thompson Speedway, because that's usually around when it is. Uh, August 26th at Langley. So they go, damn, Connecticut to Virginia. Uh, September 2nd, Oswego. I like Oswego. <laughs> Place is cool. They need to move the dirt national race there to, though, somewhere actually dirt, I think. Uh, let's see. September 9th, Monadnock. September 16th, Riverhead. September 30th, North Wilkesboro. Like I mentioned, that's interesting. NASCAR Wayland Modified Tour is going to North Wilkesboro, and that is on the schedule from NASCAR. Yes. So, that's great. I like it. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. That'll be awesome. Then they back that up with another 5-8 mile track, Thompson, October 8th. For the World Series. Yep. And then they finish the season off at Martinsville, October 26th. I honestly don't mind them finishing it at Martinsville. I miss it ending at Thompson for tradition's sake, but I really don't mind them finishing at Martinsville. Especially the way that the Martinsville race this weekend went, so it was kind of cool. Boy, the Martinsville they race go good was, there. They are pretty good at Martinsville. I'll be honest. A yeah. lot of you know, a lot of short tracks that NASCAR run on, the tour is typically pretty damn good on. And you know that at Martinsville, they're definitely not going to peg them back like they would maybe at Richmond. Do they run any kind of restrictor plate at Richmond in the NASCAR uh, tour mods? I don't think they do. I don't think either, but it's like a three-quarter mile track. You can really get them kind of wound up there. I'll still never forget when uh, Woody went down and tested at Rockingham. That was really cool in-car footage. That must have been frightening as hell, though. (laughs) Good grief. He had to be doing like 150 or 160. It, I mean, he's on a high-banked one-mile track with banking. I mean, a high-banked one-mile track with a modified. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's got to be so fast. I mean, they go fast at New Hampshire, 
but now add banking and a and a dogleg trioval. That thing must have been hauling ass. Did not sound like he was out of the throttle very long. And it's I don't know really... where the footage is anymore hmm. either. That's the sad part. Damn, I wonder if you could find it. I don't know. Anyway, there was some racing locally again, like we mentioned before at the top of the show, but we tried to watch on Racing America, but they are very slow to put their stuff up, and I missed it. Still haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I'd gone now because then I would actually have notes. That sucks, but uh, at least, you know, Mitch kind of bailed me out with some notes from Waterford. Um, if you're gonna Thanks, have a, Mitch. Yeah, if you're going to have an award for most underappreciated person in racing, there's Mitch because, <laughs> God, he has to work a lot. He's not only doing all the uh, write-ups, he's doing the social media and he's photography. And I guarantee they don't pay him enough. All right, so I really, you know what, when it comes on Racing America, hang on, I'm going to actually look one more time just to validate the fact that I am not wrong. Oh, the Winchester 400. That was a interesting finish if nobody saw that one. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to find it. I can't because I just went to their site. I didn't go to their actual watch page. So, whatever. Race replays. Let's see if it's even up here yet. Nope. They got the ACT race from Seekonk from last week. Carolina Pro Late Models at Orange County 1029. That was yesterday. But no Waterford. Okay. See? At least I looked. Not Racing like I was... Scam America. They showed it live, but it's not as a replay. Great. Anyway. It'll be on Tuesday when it doesn't matter anymore. News from the time that we missed because we put the podcast up too quickly. Anyway, uh, they had the Pro All-Star Series. They had ACT. They had the, uh, what do they call them, New England Super Modified Series because that's a pass ACT thing. Uh, they had Pro 4 Modifieds, and they had a street stock open race that was two grand to win. They call it the Northeast Street Stock Championship. Uh, at least it's not the Nationals, because I was telling you, or I was saying it was the wrong thing the whole time. And uh, yeah, that's my fault completely. Anyway, I can go through a couple results just to give people credit and to fill out the show a little bit. Uh, let's see. Eddie Mack won the 150 lap Pro All Star Series race. Uh, it was his first Speed Bowl win. Can you believe that? Really? Eddie McDonald. First speedball win. I find that hard to believe, but hey, if he says it is, it's got to be because he probably remembers. Uh, I remember going down to Pennsylvania to Robbie Grimm's shop and checking that thing out when he used to race the North Series with Robbie. That was cool place. I'll tell you what. Those guys are nice. Anyway, that also, I uh, believe that wrapped up the title for Ryan Kuhn. I believe he ended up winning the past championship. Nice. Yeah. He said he wasn't racing for the title he was just racing and it just kind of fell his way and with a top five run he beat joey pole for fourth place joey pole finished fifth uh let's see gabe brown second uh dennis spencer third eddie mack one all right yeah so he actually <laughs> it fell kind of his way and he ended up winning the past title so seekonk's own ryan kuhn who i think he came up from like legends cars and stuff right late models pro stocks. I think so i think legends 
maybe street stock at one point. No, I think he ran definitely a, late model. In, def- uh, I think he went straight stocks. to. I think he went straight to late models, but he was in late models for a little bit. Yeah, I think he was in late models, like ACT late models for a little bit, and then they moved up to a pro stock. But I think he didn't stick around Seekonk in the pro stock too much. I think he kind of went like pass or Granite State with it, and uh, yeah, he just won the Pro All Star Series championship. So that's cool. All right, then that moved on to New England Super Modified Series. And again, I think that this series has a lot of potential, especially with, like, making it a little bit cheaper, like cost overhead, bringing cars back, make it a little bit more affordable, but not be completely... I mean, these things with a big block and 800 horsepower, I mean, come on. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get it. Um, that's cool. Anthony Nocella ended up winning that race. Uh, I think it was a 50-lap race. Matt Swanson won the last uh, New England Super Modified race at Thompson, I believe. Uh, he finished second. Ben Seitz, there's a name for you. He finished third. Russ Wood, there's another name for you. He finished fourth. Derek Ramstrom was in this race. He finished fifth. I've been wondering what's, what Derek's been doing. That's interesting. I haven't seen him doing like anything. Like I haven't seen him in a tour-type modified because I know he had one. I haven't seen him in... The late model, or not the late model, the pro stock. I haven't seen him in, like, anything lately. I don't know what's going on. I used to see him in pro stocks all the time. Yeah, he, he used to race everywhere. Yeah, just maybe he's busy. I don't know. Gets older, maybe he's got a family. Who the hell knows? You know, I don't follow the kid. No, I haven't talked to him in years, so. All right. ACT ran their 150-lap shoreline 150. Uh, Derek Bukaki won. Uh, Derek Gluchaki. <laughs> he's been uh he's been fast everywhere. Um he's been he was weekly at Thompson and I know that he'd run select ACT races and I know he has actually won a few. Is this did I say his third win? No, I don't know if it's his third or not, but he's won a few ACT, like actual ACT races this year. So um and he won one at the Speed Bowl. So that's cool. I know I know a bunch of guys came out like local guys to run the race. I think uh Ah, shoot. What the hell is his name? Oh, yeah. Glenn Thomas was there. I think he brought the car out. I don't know if he had a good time or not, but uh, I didn't hear anything about it. So um, let's see. DJ Shaw, I believe he just won the title at Seekonk. He just fin- he finished second. Eric Sands third. Gabe Brown fourth. Casey Beatty, I don't even know that name, finished fifth, but congrats to them. Uh, I really wish I could have seen these, but I'm still I'm going to watch it as soon as Racing America gets off their ass and makes it a uh, watchable replay, but you know what? I'm really not holding my breath at this moment. All right. Pro 4 Modifieds had the inaugural Dan Mazervi Senior Memorial. And uh, let's see. Brett Mazervi. Well, that's fitting. Won the race. Eddie Field, former mini stock, late model. What the hell? He raced a bunch of stuff at the Speed Bowl. He finished second. Derek Robbie, third. Another Missouri. Dan was fourth, and Ryan McPartland was fifth. It's fun to watch these guys all kind of move around and see them in different cars. You know what I mean? We're we're talking like all these different divisions, and we're saying, "Hey, I remember this name from here. I remember this name from there." So it's like, it's nice to kind of see where these guys are kind of hunting around. All they right. need to make that Pro Four division better. Yeah, or just I don't know. They had a good amount of cars, from what I heard, but eh, it's not my thing anymore. All right, third annual Northeast Street Stock Championship. I guess they had 28 cars take the green. That's pretty good. 
Uh, let's see. Top five. You'll see a lot of these names at Seekonk, by the way. Uh, Ryan Lynham took home the win. He won the $2,000 prize, which is pretty good for a street stock. Uh, Corey Fanning was second. Chad Baxter, third. Clark Brooks, fourth. Christopher Buffon, fifth. I saw guys chirp-mouthing, saying, oh, look at all the Seekonk guys kicking ass at Waterford. It's like, yeah, they also have, like, basically late models instead of sportsman cars. But, you know, what are you going to do? So, shut up. <laughs> Seriously. Like, you can run, like, a three-link as a freaking Seekonk street stock. Like, come on, guy. You know? It's way more advanced. Anyway. Well, they also have these open races like this, so guys can come try the track. It's not to cater to the locals that's why they have their own race so yeah and it's also got way less rules than their weekly car so you could probably put a honking motor in the thing and go out there and just run over people so calm down calm down sir but yeah hey anytime there's 28 street stocks on the track i want to be there to watch it and i what's wish... the male version of karen <sighs> a kyle what do you think a kyle you think kyle I don't know. Yeah. I can't come up with anything better. Kevin. No. Yeah, Kevin's not bad either. It's, not, it's five letters. It's alliteration again. I don't know. I don't have anything better. Fuck it. We'll call it Kevin. Kevin. Fuck shut you. up, Kevin. Yeah, shut up, Kevin. Was All Sid. right. <laughs> if we, no, if we do Kevin, we can <laughs> use home, home Alone sound drops. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we, uh, Jesus, this is going to be a short one. <laughs> why don't we move on to the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour at Martinsville, who ended their season. Boy, if there was any sort of indicator of how this weekend was going to go, I guarantee you this was the catalyst because <laughs> this one got interesting real goddamn quick. All right, so Corey LaJoy took the lead from Matt Hirschman early. A couple little yellows and skirmishes came out. Around lap 50... Patrick Emmerling puked all over the racetrack to the point where they had to red flag the event to clean it up. Jesse actually texted me and said, who let the Nima midgets out there? Because <laughs> <laughs> ah, we had, it was habitual. Oh, you're just feeding chickens for an hour. It was habitual. When we first started racing at Waterford in 99, 2000, 2001, we were only there. Anytime it was Nima midget night, we cringed because we knew we were going to be there all night and they were going to run out of speedy dry. This was a weird time for Nima Midgets because they would literally, every single time, every time they hit the track, we were feeding chickens for an hour. They were just spreading shit all over the racetrack. And the dust cloud, they they, they just brought back the, the, <laughs> the crappy nickname, the Dust Bowl, for a reason, because, Jesus, it was bad. Anyway, that was in the past. They don't really puke as much as they used to anymore, so, I mean, that's kind of an inside joke at this point. All right, so, let's see. Red flag would be lifted eventually, and pit stops would shuffle the field and move LaJoy back, but, like, he had a terrible pit stop, and he actually kind of made jokes about it. Point leader John McKennedy was now leading. And then it got interesting because about 10 laps to go or so, there was a big wreck on the restart. And that spun out not only McKennedy, but second place Jimmy Blewett, Kyle Bonsignor, and others after Corey LaJoy tried. It looked to me, it looked to me, this is my words, like he tried to bump 
Jimmy blew it forward, but kind of got a little squirrely and ended up make you know hitting wheels or hitting uh, McKennedy, and all hell broke loose from there. Oh, wheels were hit. Yeah, but it wasn't from that. It was actually uh, the twenty-two went up and hit the fifty-three. Oh, did he catch him in the left rear? Or the yeah, he bumper? caught him in the left rear, which put Corey LaJoy into McKennedy's right rear. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what because happened. The Kyle Bonsignor and and it got a little tight. He, and he went up and touched the we- he touched wheels with with Corey LaJoy, and that's why Corey went down. Okay, I didn't yeah. know. I know contact happened, and they were racing real tight. But I LaJoy was interviewed afterwards, and he said he thought that. McKennedy had pinched him up, but apparently that wasn't the case. Apparently it was Kyle Bonsignor who uh, initiated contact. I know it was just tight racing regardless, and I genuinely believe that there was nothing ill-mannered about no, it. No, like, they didn't, just, they didn't you, do it The room came purpose. out wide. You come out a little wide to the you know to the guy on the outside, and it just happens. That happens all the time, so yeah. nothing egregious. Yeah. No. No, but no he, had, he got turned into him. That's what happened. And that was very unfortunate because it basically right. spun out the point leader, and that just completely jumbled yeah, yeah. the McKennedy. points. Yeah, which was McKennedy. McKennedy got launched over by uh, Bonsignor. He basically ran over his the left 51, side. The 51, Justin Bonsignor. Uh, no, it was Kyle. Kyle jumped over him. Okay, yeah. Kyle jumped over McKennedy's left side door bars yeah. and folded them down, but he cleared him. I thought he was like I watched it live. I thought he was going into the end of the pit wall, like the tire barrier. I yeah, was I like, thought the same thing. I was like, "Oh shit, this is gonna get bad really quick." He missed it. I'm like, "Oh, that's good." Okay, so McKennedy would continue with damage, and as would I believe him. I think everybody else continued. Right? It was a melee, but everybody kept going. Obviously, McKennedy had damage. I don't think he pit though because he. Kept he got it back rolling. I think he rejoined in like thirteenth or so, which is where he blended back in. Uh, I'm not sure, but he did continue. He did not re well. He did not go back down pit road. Uh, let's see. Restart after that was just as chaotic, minus the carnage, with Goodale missing the sixty of Hirschman, who missed a shift, and geez, he damn near cleaned out the field. Um, I'm speaking of Goodell because he swerved left and caught somebody and there was just, they were all over the racetrack, but nobody wrecked. I was just shocked they didn't wreck. Uh, let's see. McKennedy was able to continue in the top 15 after the incident and it was enough for him to reclaim the victory from the jaws of defeat and win the title by six points. By the way, Corey LaJoy went on to win. Uh, he continued the LaJoy family tradition, modifies by winning his first NASCAR Whalen modified tour race. It was not his first modified win. I just want to be clear because other people were saying that. No, he has won in a modified before. And he got a Martinsville clock. Comments? I liked what he did on one of the last restarts. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this thing in, in uh, more or less open wheel cars, but like any cars where it's called of faint motion mm-hmm. faint motion is when you're in like you go to the middle you go before you enter the corner go into the middle of the racetrack and then you go to the outside and then cut yep. hard into the left yeah you move out and then you move back and then it turns in after that yeah what that does is it puts the weight on the left side of the car before you turn in so it's already there 
and it plants everything to turn left really, really well. Yeah, it so, load it. It basically preloads the car as you enter the corner. Yeah, he was one of the only guys that were doing that, and I thought that was pretty neat because he could really go in the corner a lot deeper. I mean, he definitely had the best car in the racetrack. That was a Hermie Sadler prepared, uh, a Hermie Sadler owned Rob Fuller prepared number fifty three car. Yeah, yeah, that thing was a rocket. That thing that moved was so fast. Yeah, um, I was not, watching it going, oh, he's just going to burn his shit up and fade to the back and suck. Nope. And then he just kept going and going and going. Yeah, he just kept moving forward. It was hilarious to watch. I'm not used to seeing Matt Hirschman get outrun when he's near the lead. Yeah. <laughs> that, that feels weird. Well, I mean, you know. he did get outrun in the SRX race, but we'll move on from that. Um, That's a... That's a different car. <laughs> I know, Sir. but, you know. He didn't prepare. Well, that. let's be fair. Corey LaJoy doesn't race modifieds. No. So there's that. He also races in the Cup Series. But anyway, uh, I know some people were kind he of. He didn't even know what to call these things. I, I think that, see the yeah, that's where I was kind of going. Yeah. Because I think what he was trying to say was if it was a Chevy, Ford, Pontiac, Dodge, whatever, Toyota. He, I don't think he knew what it was in that terms. He's programmed, yeah. yeah. Right. He's like, I don't know what make this car is. I think that's what he meant to say. Yeah. That's what he meant. Yeah. What he make knows is this thing. He knows it's a modified. What the hell is this thing? Some kind of Pontiac? Yeah. Dodge. <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> he had no idea. He's like, Chevy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's it better basically... be a Chevy because he's a Chevy driver. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just assuming because I know that the sure. spec engines are all based off of GM engines. So, yeah. I don't know what this thing is. Some kind of weird Buick. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Cool, though. It, it was a hell of a race. It, no, it was cool. I liked seeing Corey in there. I like Super Shoe. Big fan. Like this um, podcast. It's a podcast I, I I've like, never heard. I like it. <laughs> I just have too many on the list. He um, did an interview with uh, Mike Helton a couple weeks ago that was pretty good. Yeah, really? it was very good. Yep. I got to go back and check it out then. Yeah, I've, I never really listened to this stuff. I have so. lots of time. I'm in a truck eight, nine hours a day. I, I listen to all kinds of stuff. I'm only in yeah. one for like four to five yeah well three and a half to five depending on the day so then you get paid eight nine nine, nine and a half <laughs> I wish I had your union. you just wish you had my job anyway uh um, any other thoughts about that race i'm trying to pad this thing out a little bit that was probably the cleaner race of the weekend it, you know what it was and, the cleaner uh, race of the week i mean we had other talent in that sh- in that show we had bobby labonte we had ryan newman uh ryan priest was in it until he broke very early uh, we had people in this race, you just never saw them. Yep, and Tommy Baldwin locked up the owner's championship. That's right, yes. We have to mention that with Jimmy Blewett in the car, he did lock up the owner's title, which is one of the few times you've seen the driver and owner title be different. Yeah, I don't see that very often. No, you really don't. You know, Cause it, I, I mean, he had Mikey Christopher in the car. I think he won Jennerstown. And then you had Doug Kobe in the car. I think he won like three races. Yep, and then he had Jimmy in the car, and Jimmy was just super solid everywhere. Uh, I know he had like top three finishes he had a and a bunch of somewhere. I don't know if he had a win. I think so, but I believe he he was very strong regardless. He was in the top three a few times, but uh, yeah. Did I mean, you see where uh, Tommy Baldwin? I guess after the race was flapping his jaw at uh, Lejoy, and Lejoy wasn't having anything of it, and just looked at him and said, "I have the clock. <laughs> I have the clock." <laughs> Uh, well, I wonder what I he know. said. I, well, because uh, Tommy Ball, his car was 
was involved in that last incident. Well, there, we all you know. know Tommy is a typical New Yorker loudmouth asshole, just like everyone else from that place. A little hot-headed. He's yeah, one of they're always tight. Of course, they all are, and we all know that. And we don't care. Yeah. Um, so well, he's, he's gonna, a racer. It's never anybody else's fault. Well, he's or gonna, it's never his fault. It's ever well, always be, somebody else's. It wasn't be, his fault. It wasn't time. his. Yeah, it wasn't his fault either that time. Anyway, but I think if he goes and watch the video, I think he'll change his it's, mind. But he's gonna make sure that you know he's pissed beforehand. It's Jimmy so. Blewett. Of course, it's twenty percent his fault. Right. If he's on the racetrack, it's at least twenty percent his fault. So <laughs> we're never gonna let that go. <laughs> It's a great skit. All right, so why don't we move on to something a little bit more uh, interesting? Because Martinsville, uh, we're did, going did into TV. The, do this or did NASCAR do this? Uh, both, probably mostly TV. Hmm. This is the nihil. Will you talk about the nihilism three hundred? Uh, just having <laughs> Martinsville as the end race for rounds or cutoffs or the end of the whale and modified tour season. I guess it's different for modified sports entertainment. No, no, no. We'll get into that later. Okay. We'll get in. (laughs) We'll get into that. Uh, We're going to talk about the Xfinity race at Martinsville because obviously people need to know our opinions because they're listening to us. Um, Yeah. All right. Why don't we just kind of limp into this thing because there's a genuinely deep talking point in here and I wrote a lot of notes. So you're going to hear me talk a hell of a lot. Which is Can we just skip to the last 50 laps or whatever? <laughs> well, I'm just going to kind of gloss over a few things, like the race-long battle between A.J. Allmendinger and Justin Allgaier uh, over that final transfer position. That was pretty entertaining. Uh, it was for a while. Yeah, I mean, the race started going Allgaier's way due to stage points. Uh, let's see here. Brandon Jones would lead at times, and that would kind of throw a wrench in the Allgaier-Allmendinger battle because if he won, those two were out regardless of what they did, uh, as Ty Gibbs had pointed his way in to the Final Four during the event and clinched the spot based on points. I don't know if anybody told him. They probably should have, but more on that later. I'm pretty sure they did. and If not, I'm sure they had meetings about it all week long about the scenarios. How many employees does Joe Gibbs Racing have? 300? Yeah, somebody should have let him know. Maybe more? I don't even know. All right. Towards the end of the race, the caution flag would not stay in its holder. Uh, it would fly a bunch within the last, what, 40 laps, 50 laps, something like that? Who was, who was the flag? Keeter wasn't the flagman, I hope. Because uh, he probably going to need rotator cuff surgery or uh, yeah. tennis elbow or whatever yeah, the hell he's he, got going yeah. on. Uh, if he was in the... I don't remember. He, he should have got paid overtime. If a race goes into overtime because of yellow fever... They should get paid they overtime. They should definitely get paid Overtime, especially knowing NASCAR, can. that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's never mind. So multiple green white checker attempts would swap Gibbs and Jones as the leader, and multiple incidents would continue to jumble the field up. Uh, let's see, Gibbs would line up behind Jones, then poke him out of the way, and the yellow flag would fly. Jones would repay it on the next restart. Cut and paste, right? This happened a few times until the final restart when Jones would clear for the lead, and after taking the white flag, Gibbs would punt his own teammate, who was in a win-and-get-in situation, mind you, and Jones would wreck with Gibbs winning at Martinsville. So to recap, two teammates 
one needing to win to make the championship four in Jones, the other one already locked in, Gibbs, Tangle, and one of them doesn't make it, and the other one wins who didn't need to. I absolutely fucking hate this racing. Any other team would be furious at the result and the fact that they didn't work together to put two cars into the final championship race. Okay, this is where I need to interject. If Phil and I were having this conversation earlier, if I was a car owner, which, let's be fair, all three of us technically are car owners. Yeah. If I owned two cars, with both of them having a chance to get into the championship, and one of them wrecks the other, literally wrecks the other one, and wins the race, I am going to fire you. <laughs> he didn't wreck just one of their cars this weekend either. He wrecked two of his teammates in that race. Yeah, because Sammy Smith got it too. While he was three wide playing patty cake buttfuck with fucking Noah Gregson in turn three, I think, right? Yeah, I think Sending that's it what in it three was. Wide. Yeah. Wasn't anywhere in the same zip code and stuffed it under him three wide, wrecked his teammate. Yep, took his other teammate out. Well, that's just one of those things where uh, Noel Gregson's interview, he called it a dirtbag move. Mm-hmm. And really good trolling, except for there's no love lost there, you know. But Noah Gregson is an expert troll, by the way. He's yeah. really good and at so it. And so he mentioned, he said that there was definitely meetings about getting the seven car in all week long. Yeah. By Junior Motorsports, you would expect the same thing. From Joe Gibbs Racing, they would have meetings and have scenarios and tell the drivers, would have some spatial awareness around them and some awareness of the situation, especially so if that they you're don't a get, good team. If you're a good team, so that they so that they don't get have to tell you over the radio and make it look like collusion and have another penalty like Coke Custer and blah 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 blah. So yeah, that being said. What it looks like to me is that it's it's one of those things where yeah he got bumped a little bit but it's Martinsville you you have to expect it and he was going to show him who the boss is mm. so yeah Ty Gibbs said you know what my name's on this building I saw you move out of the way you know what I don't care you work for me man I own you mm-hmm. it's one of those there is ass so much uh. Within the organization itself, it just seems like that there is just a level of a, of imperious arrogance, absolute <laughs> arrogance, it's just to, a pretentiousness that says that you know there's no other driver out there that's going to matter except for tighter tot. Mm-hmm. Now we all know that as it is Gibbs, and it involved tighter tot himself, nothing internally will come from this also uh, just wanted to mention that uh brandon jones will be moving to the junior motorsports ride next year and even though they said he oh that had nothing to do with it no bullshit you lie yeah i have a giant diatribe written 
by the way. Okay. <laughs> I have a question huge. before we move forward, though. I would like to hear this question. Okay. Senator Jake says the floor. Again, feel free to interject as I read it, but go ahead, Phil. Senator Jake says the how, floor. Oh, yeah, he does. How come it's always those who use religion as a crutch or an excuse for their behavior that are like this? Jesse, why don't you play that clip? Because I see that you have it queued up, and I know you want to. Does it bother you inside? You know, it's really getting to know you is what people are going to like to do. And they sometimes like to boo people. They like to boo Kyle Bush. This is an interview with SiriusXM's Claire B. Lang. You got up on top of the... Replayed without permission. Because fuck you. Car, we're not making you any heard money. the booze, and you were like, bring it on. Not everybody can wear the black cowboy hat, right? For I mean, sure. how do you feel about all this, and, uh, you know, what's inside of you on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always go back to you know, the, same, the same verse that, you know, Jesus was hated first and among all the people. So, you know, that's a part of it. I feel like, you know, just, you know, silencing out the crowd, and I feel like that's what you have to do as a professional athlete. And I feel like some of the best people, you know, are going to get booed, and that's part of life. And, I mean, you can't let other people's... Uh, opinions and 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 thoughts drive your actions and and you know make you feel bad or That's anything. Enough. It's just part of life. So I'm does- sick of this fucking kid. So let me break it down. Go ahead. Why? Why? Just to answer Phil's question, why is that? It, it purely it's uh, well, it's satanic. Honestly, it's not the Halloween kind of satanic. You know, with spells and goblins and whatnot. Yeah, it's this kind of satanic like of somebody that's like on Epstein Island. Or serial killers, you know, serial killers, the person that goes to Epstein Island or another political figure that goes to Bohemian Grove or whatever. And not the kind of serial killer you know? that uses it as an excuse, the kind who doesn't even mention it. It's a, it's a, it's a philosophy and what that is. And what it does is that the devil, you know, Satan or whatever would find that shit funny to use God as a, as a protector to excuse uh, bad behavior, especially uh, stuff that's hypocritical incredibly okay very hypocritical so that's that's what it is it's a a total lack of any kind of having morals or anything it's pure nihilism and i say that a lot uh, but uh nihilism is 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 uh the it's the extreme skepticism that nothing in the world has a a real existence that life is meaningless and there, there is no real moral code. It's whatever it is you want and make of it. And you make your own moral code. You become basically God, and that's what Satanism is. You turn, you worship yourself. And that's what it is. It's, it's, there's a lot of ego, and yeah. you worship yourself. That's what, that's what that is. I can't really say it's anything different. I mean, the kid goes out. He wrecks his teammate. Oh, I didn't mean to. Yes, you did. You absolutely did. You know he that. lined up and pointed for the left rear fucking corner instead of hitting him square. He never turned the wheel he, until he hit him. He straight up got him. And, and he, he caved the front end of the car in. He, he nailed him so hard. And the worst thing is is that it's to bite your own nose to spite your own face. Yeah. Because that cost gives organization a lot of money to go into the playoffs. Um, what are you doing? I will enter my diatribe now. Please continue. And again, if you guys want to just jump in with your thoughts or opinions, please feel free to. In my opinion, this is an embarrassing look for the team, uh, their sponsors, and the sport in general. Gibbs went on to do a massive burnout, which I found to be completely classless. 
Very pretentious. Yes. And then tried Pompous. to hype the crowd as they booed him louder than anyone I've heard booed in a long time. Doubling Kyle down. Bush levels. More doubling than down. Kyle Bush. Yeah, doubling down is sometimes not the best idea. Um, they even booed his hauler when it came back into the track to load out. They stayed to boo it. They booed the truck. I'm sorry. Heard state police How had to bad? be escorted him out, actually. How bad did you have to do something wrong for them to boo your truck? He he did have an officer detail with him today at the track. Yeah. Literally going out to Lenny left the track last night, which is of recording as it. Uh and he also had a police escort for that. He had a police escort going for driver intros for the cup race today as well. Um, he offered zero remorse, except for the deflection of, quote, I didn't mean to wreck him, which is completely meaningless. Clint Boyer did something similar, but at least when he did it at Martinsville a few years ago, he offered genuine and obvious remorse when interviewed afterwards. Uh, I need to send kudos to Brandon Jones because afterward. Uh, for being the consummate professional that I've actually seen him be in the past. He thanked his sponsors and his team. He lamented on his situation, essentially being taken out by a teammate for absolutely no reason. But in my mind, there was a reason. Jesse alluded to this earlier. He's leaving the team. And Ty Gibbs' name is on the building. He G- owned, he's, He needs to have all the attention, resources, and praise. Now, do you remember last Martinsville when Gibbs claims to have been moved out of the way by Brandon Jones, but it was actually like Sam Mayer Mayer who wrecked him and Jones just kind of picked up the trash afterwards? Yeah. How mad Gibbs was at that result because his boy didn't win, but his team still won? Right. I don't remember Brandon Jones junking the 18 car. I remember Sam Mayer doing it, but I remember... Brandon Jones picking up the pieces, but Ty Gibbs seems to see it differently. Oh, it's a 54. Brandon Jones may oh, ride the no. suck train pretty no, I think hard right. once in a while, yeah, but he's right. super clean. No, the 19 is, yeah, Jones, and he's the one who won the Martinsville race last time. Right, yeah, right. Jones is typically pretty clean. Yeah, I agree. And I've never seen him do anything stupid unless it was to himself, which I make fun of him for constantly, but I've never said the kid was a bad kid. Um, as I've said, like I said, um, Gibbs and his granddaddy don't care about results when the team is changing. In their minds, Brandon Jones is already gone. To those unaware, Jones, like we mentioned earlier, is going to Junior Motorsports next season. Uh, and probably his sponsors too. But as I've said in episodes past, these team owners are vindictive pricks with zero professional bearing, and a complete lack of class. So if you aren't completely loyal and bringing them money, they don't care or want anything to do with you. Uh, There won't be some special team meeting at Gibbs over this incident. Jones is already considered an outsider by his own organization. And that's sad. To have drivers like Tyler Reddick, Brandon Jones, etc. being essentially dumped by their team before their contracts are even really up is so disrespectful in the highest order. 
because these drivers are Kyle going Bush out too. and Kyle Busch. Oh God, he was bad. Because these drivers are going out and winning races, or at least they're in the position to, and you allow this kind of shit to happen. I like that. Sh- I like that word of shit because that puts some stank on it. You have to. <laughs> and God, it's just so it's disappointing to watch. But I mean. People are watching, especially fans. So look at the message you're sending by allowing this type of nonsense and how bad it looks for the sport in general. It's just awful. By the way, why don't we go into some quotes before I go into yet another rant. All right. Jesse already played that Gibbs quote from Claire B. Lang. He said Jesus was hated first and among all the people. That's part of it. I'm silencing the crowd, etc. In reference to... John, verse 15, 18. Uh, he forgets the other ones. Phil, which verse did he forget? You went to Catholic oh, school. Yeah. The one I told you the other day, it's, I think uh, Luke 631, two unto others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse's going to look up one needs, right now. He definitely needs to look that one up. Yeah. Jesse, what's one that you like the most? Well, I like Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Uh, I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. <laughs> then they will know that I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. No, that's actually actually Ooh, not. Old, is real, that Old Testament? Well, it's not really a, a real verse. I know. That's from, it's from, actually from it's, Pulp, yeah, it's Pulp Fiction. fiction. <laughs> but the message is still the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking from, let me see here. Hang on a second. I might have this one. But I'll tell you what. Actually, this, I don't. This what the not only does it oh, go by the fans. I got it. I'm sorry. I don't want to forget it. Um, speaking from the Bible, the patron saint John Wood <laughs> of the Wood Brothers. Oh, okay. Said, "Jesus Where? told you to turn the other cheek, not the car in front of you." Into the fence. <laughs> go not, ahead. I'm not sorry. Your I had to bring that up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So. What you said about the fans are noticing, well, guess what? The garage notices, too. And so everybody wanted to criticize Brandon Jones for leaving the organization and moving to the nine cars. Oh, well, what better position could you be than Gibbs? Well, obviously, you're not on the same playing field, okay, as a a Gibbs organization. And so, yeah, you may be able to to have some really good equipment when you run into the Xfinity Series and tighter tots moved up to the Cup Series or whatever for Mm -hmm. a little while. But I'll tell you what, you have no future at Joe Gibbs. Uh, Martin Truex has no future. Dang Hamlin, no future. And Christopher Bell, no future. With this level of ego, you all work for Tighter Tot. You all work for Tighter Tot. So if you want an Xfinity ride in Joe Gibbs, you better start looking to Trackhouse Racing or Hendrick or Penske or or friggin' Tony Stewart and Stewart Haas Racing. You better look somewhere else. By the way, when we talk about um, the fact that there's not going to be meetings afterwards and such. Uh, media members did catch up with Coy Gibbs, Ty's father, uh, and GGR executive. This came from Jeff Glock. Quote, Coy said, Yesterday was disappointing. Speaking of the race that Tider Tot just wrecked his own teammate. He also says, That's not what we wanted for our race team. We haven't met as a group yet, but we'll meet... And we're going to deal with that internally. No, you're not. That's the biggest yeah, no. 
silver-haired, middle-aged white man statement I've ever heard. He absolutely will not. We're um, going to take it accordingly, and uh, morph. We, will, we will wait till what our lawyers have to say, and uh, hope this blows over next week, and you talk about something else. Here you go. got another one for you, Jess. Okay. More from Coy Gibbs. Mm. When you're young, you make mistakes, and hopefully you learn from them. Well, let's be fair. We've been waiting for him to learn from them for years now, and he hasn't yet. Oh, there's a slap. There's a slap on the wrist. There will yeah. be. He doesn't even get that. There will be no meeting. No. No, there will be no. As meeting. long as he brings home the trophy, he's told good job. He yep. might as well be an NFL running back uh, strangling his girlfriend in an elevator or something with security camera footage. No, because some other team will sign him. We'll wait till the facts are all in order before we make a decision, and we'll handle this accordingly. Now, please allow us to sweep this under the rug as quickly as possible. A silver-haired middle-aged white man statement. Of ah. God <laughs> Almighty. If he goes to that 18 next year in Cup. No, he is. We all know that. Everybody expects, well, they could pull some weird rabbit out of their hat. Bullshit. Just saying. No, you're too optimistic. We're, stranger things have <laughs> happened. Right. No, he's, but anyway, yeah, he, we all know he it. will not survive. They are not going to take gonna his He's going to get shit. pushed around. He's not gonna, they're not going to take his shit. There's a lot of guys. I hope not. There's a lot of guys who moved up. In that series, without Grampy's money, we saw that There's today. Not a lot. <laughs> There's a guy named uh, Ross Chastain who literally just did everything he could to make his way into the championship race. Yeah, well, he wanted a, it more. Yeah, he literally destroyed his car to make it in. He was very creative. Yeah, didn't take anybody creative. else out. We'll talk about that later. Trust me. So, all right, more quotes from from after the Xfinity race. This is from Brandon Jones. Ty and I have always been friends, but I lost all respect today. I'm looking forward to Phoenix to try and win that race, but then transitioning over to Junior Motorsports next year. I'm going to have a good time over there. And in his TV interview, he said, I'm excited to make my move to Junior Motorsports next year and be a part of that organization. A little bit more respect, probably given. I think he's going to be looking forward to having just as good of equipment but being part of an actual team right? Yes. and not somebody taking their money, giving you decent equipment, but also just letting whoever they want run roughshod over whoever the fuck they want. Well, there is Sam Mayer. I mean, yeah, that's, there yeah, is Sam Mayer. There is, but <laughs> it's true. There is hopefully, you know, for ever for the field's sake, you know, they improve. He improves. He's been improving, but he needs to still rein it in quite a bit. So he's I was watching an in car video from him not long ago and he's got the worst case of eye racing hands I've ever seen. Like down the straightaway, he's shaking doing this like crap this constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like dude, the car goes straight if you hold the wheel still. Yeah, it's not a G twenty seven, Bozo. Even I hold the goddamn wheel straight on eye racing, even if it's trying not to do that. All right, let's keep going with the quotes. Noah Gregson, Class A uh, troll, which I love. He's been funny lately. This is, I only have one quote from him. Jesse might have another one. I'm not sure. Doubt it. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll see. All right. This page is having a problem. What the fuck happened? Jerk offs. Anyway. I forgot to pay your internet bill. Well, I can still hear you, so it must not be that. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Uh, Noah Gregson, quote. I guess you've got to deal with that when you're driving a Ty Gibbs racing. 
I mean Joe Gibbs racing car. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that is next level awesome. He just That's kept, so good. He kept doing it too. He said it like two or three times in a row. It was hilarious. All he right. knows how it is. Now, why don't we close it out with an old school opinion? Okay. And I love this guy. I follow him on Twitter. Old school racer Rick Mast says, after watching him for a while now, I do believe that the Gibbs boy is going to have some hard times down the road. Well, at least in racing. Because <laughs> you know that he's sitting here like rubbing his knuckles like, oh boy, these would be sore right now. Speaking of sore knuckles, before we go into anything else, did you watch the video? Phrasing. Oh, right. Uh <laughs> Did you watch the video of the post-race altercation between uh, Austin Hill and Myatt Snyder? Austin yes. Hill took care of business. Wow. He's a big boy. And um, the nine and a half out of ten on the punch, by the way. He that was threw, a John Wayne punch, dude. He, That's it was a John Wayne punch. Kentucky. He is a corn-fed yeah. Midwestern you know, boy. He Mid- is a big kid and he is not one to be messed with apparently because he knows how to throw a punch because that was boxing level punch because he got all of his weight behind it and fully extended through the target really beautiful punch i give him a nine and a half out of five on that one he walloped my snyder in the face now i heard i'm not condoning violence but i'm kind of judging it based off of whatever i'd heard from hill he said I didn't want to talk anymore, and he just wouldn't go away. Well, you know something? You know something? I don't condone violence either, but, uh, you know, non-aggression principle and all, mm-hmm. person. But with Ty Gibbs, some people need to be hit. He should have been Some people for that. need to be hit in life. Yeah. And it just takes a good smack in the face to kind of straighten them out a little bit. Some people need to be hit, bro. Yeah. Myatt Snyder is lucky that Jordan Anderson hasn't hit him like that all year as many cars as he's torn up. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jordan. You seen the pictures of his neck? It looks a lot better. He's getting there. Yeah, he's yeah. he was real messed up. Hands and neck were bad. He's a poster child for a helmet skirt. Yes. You don't have to wear a head sock. If you put a helmet skirt on, you take the helmet skirt, run it all the way around the bottom of your helmet, keep your lid closed, tuck it into your suit, zip it up. That way fire can't get up under your chin. Yeah, no wonder why he wanted to jump out of that truck while oh, it was still yeah. rolling. No oh, wonder he wanted shit. out. God. He says he forgot to pull a handle on the fire extinguisher, and I can see why. He was a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> it mean, should have had an auto, you know, whatever, but, but you know, it was like a napalm fire. God. Here's another one of my rants. Here's a long one, okay? Oh, it's a long one? Can I go pee? I believe you have, yeah, you got plenty of time. Okay. <laughs> Holy crap, this one's long. All right. Good, I'll hear from the cat. Speaking of Dustin, again, Phil, if you want to jump in at any time while Jesse's gone, while I do this rant, uh, feel free. All right. Dustin Long wrote for NBC, quote, Fans booed as Ty Gibbs stood atop his car and celebrated his win Saturday at Martinsville Speedway. They booed his team's hauler when they entered the racetrack, or, or entered the track after the race. Some even chanted about him getting his ride because of the grandson of car owner Joe Gibbs. You hear him saying that? They were going, thank you, Grandpa. Like they were just yep. staying around to troll him. I thought it was glorious. 
All right, and what's he finish this on? All the all that noise is just part of why NASCAR needs a driver like Ty Gibbs. Wrong, Dustin, but not for the reasons you might understand. Instead of regurgitating the same NASCAR sells entertainment bullshit that everyone else writes, why not blast them for their failed transition into what they have become? I'm so tired of seeing motorsports writers all echo the same sentiment when it comes to drivers and their distinct negative personality. They're good for business because if you boo or cheer, they're polarizing and they create entertainment. That has never been the case, and the declining numbers in attendance prove that. Remember back a decade or two when just qualifying would draw the crowds we now see at the track for full races? The typical retort from the brass has always been, well, the social climate towards racing is changing. No, it's not. You persistently drive fans away, and it's for the reasons you don't realize. NASCAR started out as a competition-based business. It held competitive events where drivers and teams participated against each other under a strict set of rules, and the driver-slash-team who finished first would win the competition. Entertain... I'm rambling about NASCAR. <laughs> Entertainment that was derived from said competition was organic and not manufactured by a set of scenarios or rules designed to try and create it. But ever since the days of when Brian France took over the business, they took the awful idea of turning it into, quote, entertainment. Sports entertainment. And have transitioned it into being a spectacle instead of a competition. Much like the WWE and other wrestling organizations have called themselves, just like Jesse just said, sports entertainment, NASCAR has as well in the past few years. In doing so, you have dumbed down the sport so far that it's lost its genuine competitive aspect and the fans have felt so intellectually insulted they don't want to watch it anymore. In a sense of legitimacy. That too, yes, thank you. And instead of admitting that what you're doing is failing, you continue to double and triple down on entertainment over competition by adding things like playoff points and stage breaks and the dreaded, Jesse, cover your ears, boys have at it. Oh, <laughs> God, I heard it. <laughs> okay. You took something that was viewed. Oop, go ahead. I love Mr. Scream. You took something that was viewed as romantic, daring, skillful, and competitive and turned it into what we see now. You basically said your fans have no attention span, so you have stage breaks. You claim they are all simplistic rubes who only watch for crashes, so you allowed drivers to essentially play bumper cars with what at the time were quarter-million-dollar vehicles, instead of holding tests of skill. You claim they like stick-and-ball sports, so they'll latch on to a playoff-style format, and since now we have all these Game 7 moments, we wrote the rules so the drivers go out and basically try to kill each other just to keep advancing. You told the fans that they don't watch for skill or strategy. They watch demo derbies and drank beer. You insulted their intellect for so long that the people aren't sticking around 
and you keep insulting them in other, more subtle ways. Like moving the goalposts in your favor constantly to try and prove people like me wrong. Oh, but we had a sold-out crowd last week. Yeah, because you removed half the seats. How can you even deny that? It is a direct insult to fans to try and out them as the liars when you do this type of stuff all the time. Am I a pundit with no answers? No. Here's a solution. Go back to what brought you to prominence, genuine competition. Make the cars fast, high-powered machines that take actual skill to drive. With no aerodynamics. Yes. Stop altering the racetracks with tree sap or other shitty goop for traction. Stop with the gimmicks like dirt racing, street courses, and huge markets that do not give a shit about your sport. And a choose Oh, role. Adam Gate is going to be mad. You just called dirt racing a gimmick. Well, in NASCAR, it's a gimmick. In other forms of racing, when it's actually something like strategic, like dirt late models, it's amazing. Or, you know, whatever dirt cars. Everything dirt related should stay on dirt. Everything asphalt related should stay on asphalt. Purpose built dirt racing. Correct. Purpose built awesome. dirt racing is amazing. NASCAR on why dirt is a gimmick. Why can't we put purpose built dirt racing suspension in a cup car? Why can't we just allow it to be what it is? Why don't we just bring back the prelude? Why don't we just stick to what they know best? Oh, I can't even say that because they're not good at that either. Why don't we bring Alley Rallycross to NASCAR? Yes! That would actually be more fun. I have the answers. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bolster your lower tier divisions with short track racing and run the big dogs at the big tracks. Tell TV to fuck themselves with their stupid ideas of playoffs and stage racing because someone else will be there to buy the next contract. Put the skill and competition back as the major selling points and allow the entertainment to become its own entity and not the selling point. Stop insulting your fans and start embracing them by showing them that the speed, skill, danger, drama, and excitement can still be found, but you didn't have to manufacture it. It was always there. You might have lost your way for a while now, but the path back still exists, and all you have to do is look to the past because that's how you got there to begin with. And you started that song way too late because I'm done. For now. I, again, I, I'm done already. So, I mean, it's it would have been great about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> These ideas come to me too late. I'm sorry. I don't know, dude. I mean. Uh, the dude minds. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. So, <laughs> remind me again of the original tweet from Dustin Long. Uh, God damn it. Now I got to go back and read. No, it was actually a story that he wrote for NBC. Oh, yeah. yeah. It Shit like that from him doesn't surprise me. Only he's because just he's, a status quo guy. It, he was literally, he's one of those people that's still wearing masks. He was wearing a mask in the media center <laughs> in Florida last week. Oh, in fucking sake. Florida. It doesn't even exist in Florida. It's too warm. No. I, it, you if know, any disease is going to exist anywhere, you know if it's any really, disease is going to thrive and exist anywhere, it's going to be Florida. 
You know, it's come re- on. You know, it's really funny about the whole. It's warm. It's moist. Moist. <laughs> Ooh, like brownies. Yes. Okay. Moist make all kinds brownies. of yeast. You know what? And infected you everyone. Know, you know what's funny about the and vid? It's still not that big a deal. What's really funny about the vid? I have literally hugged people and shook their hands when they had active COVID, runny nose, coughing, the whole deal. I still haven't got it, and I'm never going to. <laughs> Moving on. Next week, Brent dies of COVID. By the way, yeah. um, I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine a year and a half ago and never did it again. Yeah, it was the only one that they did the the dead strain like a traditional one. Well, it was before the heart attack ones. Yeah, I didn't want the heart attack ones. I wanted the traditional one. Yeah. Oh, that one doesn't work. I'm like, oh, that'll be you up got to the me placebo. to decide. That's what you got. I don't care. Did, did they require you to get that for work? Uh, my mom was going through cancer treatment, so I kind of did it just uh, because I didn't know anything, and I was like, no, nah, I'll take the traditional method. It felt like a flu shot, basically. I think they just gave me a flu shot, but I'm like, I don't think right, I've ever had either. You don't need it. It's fine. You'll live. You already I, had it, so you got the antibodies. I do the flu shots because I get really bad flus. Yeah, it takes the flu down a peg, so that's so. nice. But that took nine, ten years to develop, not nine months. All but right. Whatever. So. Take your face diaper off and knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about the championship four. We'll make our predictions on the fly here. Championship four locked in for Phoenix next week. Noah Gregson. Ty Gibbs, Josh Berry, and Justin Allgaier. Who do you think wins this thing? Because I think Noah does. Noah. Yeah. He's just on fire. He wins everywhere. So where was the four? Uh, Gregson, Gibbs, Berry, Allgaier. I'm saying Gregson or Berry. Allgaier is the dark horse because I think he's decent at Phoenix, but I think Noah's just way too on a roll right now. Yeah, I'm going to say Noah or Berry also. Yeah. I, I think because it that place is it does drive kind of short tracky in some ways. Yeah, but uh, if the nineteen know. if Brandon Jones wrecks uh tight yeah, tighter tot and just goes up to Joe Goods and says, I you can't fire me, I quit. And I'm taking my sponsor with me. That would that would I don't think he I'd will lose beca- my shit. I don't think he will because I think he'll just I don't know if he's got the balls to do it. No, I don't think it's that he doesn't have the balls to do it. I think he just actually thinks like a professional and says, okay, uh, I don't need this bad press, and my sponsors don't either, and I like my sponsors because they allow me to keep racing. So I'm just going to go do whatever I need to Tider do. Tider Tot is, the most hate, is probably the most hated driver in NASCAR. Yeah, well, I'd love to and see what's way, going on. And that's above Kyle Busch, Bubba Wallace, and Denny Hamlin. Let, let's um, be fair, too. Brandon Jones ain't going to lose his sponsor. Yeah. but His dad's the CEO of Ream, and Ream is majorly distributed through... Uh, Menard, so but to be fair, I think Jesse's kind of wrong because Bubba Wallace actually got the loudest booze and not Ty Gibbs in Cup. Um, he got it pretty loud, Dane Hamlin got it pretty loud too. Oh, yeah, I mean, they do, but from what oh. I was told on a decibel level, Bubba was actually the loudest. And I'm like, bro, what Ty did was worse. I think Ty, what Ty did was worse. I don't care what Ty did was worse. Bubba's was an overreaction in the heat of the moment kind of thing. Yeah, this he one, took a he swing had, at somebody in the bar for looking at his girlfriend. 
or, or stepping <laughs> on his toe. Or stepping on his toe and spilling his beer. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit better. That's yeah. a little better, yeah. You know, this one, he calculated it for laps and laps and laps. And then rubbed it in his face. And then rubbed his face in it and said, you know what? You work for me. And then he you said- lousy af- slime. You're not equal to me. He then said afterwards, yeah. I meant to hit him. I didn't mean to wreck him. Yeah, come on. Like go fuck yourself, no, kid. I am Ty Gibbs so is... far off the Gibbs train. You anybody who's listened to this show knows that we tried our best to give him a chance. We did. We He'll never really get did. Another chance? No, me. we are done. We're all done. Yeah, Bubba Wallace is redeemable. Yes, he, he can change. Of course, he can. He, he can made a definitely make some. Peer, he could definitely grow. He Ty had, Gibbs yeah. is beyond redemption. No, he's already young and he's young and. He's already past redemption. Hilarious. Kyle Bush, maybe if he if he only if he follows his brother's footsteps. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Bush going through the redemption phase a couple times. Yeah, he's, I hope he gets. He's the, almost at the apogee where he's maybe starting to turn the corner because it's hard to get sponsors now. Let's not. He's, take, he's going to his Phoenix racing right now. Let's yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Good. That's a great analogy. Let's not take. The same path, though. Let's not get a DUI. Let's not date somebody who claims to be a spy. Let's, and, let's, and beat you up. Yeah, and beat you up instead. Let's not go that way. Um, <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's not go that way. So, but we can go no, a different no way. Kyle That's Bush. okay. Make your own way, Kyle yeah, Bush. He can take his own path. That's fine. So even he's redeemable. <laughs> not tight. No, not Tiger. Wait a minute here. What is Reddit saying? I just saw this tweet pop up right now, and I need to read it real quick before we go into Cup. Uh, let's Reddit see. Reddit is saying this. All you kids watching right now wanting to get to this level, don't do that. Somebody says the Pocono DQ was the most consequential moment of the season. Says never really a big fan of saying mid-season races were the difference maker at the end of the year standings because of how many variables there are in racing, but this is pretty darn cut and dry. Hamlin being DQ'd from Pocono and Elliott inheriting the win was a direct mono-a-mono 10-point playoff point swing. Elliott snuck out of the round by eight, or by four points, and Hamlin was out. He's not wrong. Kind of like a Mark Martin 1990 situation with the intake manifold. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And Dale Earnhardt ended up winning by less points than Mark Martin was uh, fighting for. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me once. Yeah. 2017, I got tossed and uh, came back to win the most races, and I lost by less than 50 points in the title. Yeah, that too. So, yeah. It happens. (laughs) What are you going to do? All right, so why don't we move on to the Cup Series, because this was a little bit less eventful, but a lot more interesting for other reasons. All right, so... We'll just go right into it. Christopher Bell won his way into the championship four in an absolutely clutch performance because he did it again. Again. He did it again. Again. Um, he won his way through that the the what round before the last cut. Yeah, at the Roval. He won at the Roval, right? Yeah. And he won his way through into the next round. Then he got caught up in that wreck with uh, Wallace and Larson, that incident, and that basically killed him. He was way behind on the cut line, and he won his way in again. Two rounds in a row, wins his way through. How clutch is that? That's like Harvick clutch. Well, he's one of the few drivers that got to that division by being a wheel man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, that's Harvick has, clutch right there. He has a history of stepping on his dick in pressure situations, though. So <laughs> Not <it's>... this year. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's nice to see him finally figure out how to close the deal off. I mean, it this comes is, with yeah. it comes with age, though. We got to give him that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember a couple of situations. I don't remember exactly where you're, but I know you're right, Phil. Yeah, I know he he's cost himself there. an X- Xfinity title by doing it. Yes, with like two or three races to go in the season, wrecked himself, and it knocked him right out of the the chase. We also have to kind of remember how young this kid is. What is he? Twenty four. Yeah, twenty four, and he's, he's still young yeah. and dumb enough to still make mistakes. I mean, you don't become a really good race car driver until you're like thirty plus. To be fair, um, but yeah, he's still got a lot of time. But if he's learning how to be clutch now. If Gibbs doesn't give everything to Titer Tot and completely ruin his organization, which we see the writing on the wall for already, this yeah, kid, this kid, could be something because he's starting to figure this shit out. So I mean, come on, two clutch wins in a row when you need it. Come on, even Joe Gibbs looked happy in that victory lane for once. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Ryan Blaney was also strong late, challenging for the race win and uh, trying to win his way in. And uh, the scenarios kind of played out that if those two had won their way through, which Bell did, it would put the battle in the points on Ross Chastain and Danny Hamlin because only a couple of points separated them at the end of the race or actually pretty much throughout most of the race. Uh, Hamlin had the pace after the last pit stops. Chastain did not at the end. And Hamlin was up by how much on the, the last lap? How much was Hamlin up by? Four? Two points. Two? Was it only two? It or was two. Two or three? And it ended up with Ross four up. Okay, now if anybody hasn't seen this, you live under a rock because this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in racing. Well, Hamlin and Ross were banging for a while. They were, yeah. They were beating each other around a little bit. Nothing too major, but... And you know that Ross was thinking, hey, listen, Hamlin's had enough. We already know this. He's going to turn me. I have to let him go. He did, and he let and him he, go. He's he like, did. all right, fine. I've had enough. You go ahead. Yep. And Ross was still ahead because if he's like one spot behind Denny, he well, still got. Well, if they got tied, him. if well, they he tied, was, he would have had the tiebreaker. Well, Ross he had to stay have. within two spots, I think, of Denny. Well, if he tied him, yeah, he that would tie it. He would have won the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, but if anybody hasn't seen this yet, I mean, you know, Bell went on to win the race, but Chastain was not done even on the last lap, being behind by what three points or whatever. He pulled off this racing type wall ride to make something around like five spots up in the last lap and he the swung last corner. in the last corner that's right and he spun the points back into his favor and even passed Hamlin at the line because he went into turn three watch the in-car camera look for it because every car has an in-car camera you see him going down the backstretch he upshifts he doesn't downshift. He upshifts. He's accelerating. And he puts the car up against the outside wall on the backstretch. And going into three, he doesn't turn in. <laughs> he took his hands off the wheel. He No, I don't think he did. I think he held it to the left as hard as he could so it wouldn't catch. No, he, he said he pulled his hands off the wheel. Oh, really? That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of held in line like a slot car. He doesn't lift puts the car in the fence, rides the wall at full throttle all the way around, turn three and four. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my 
almost 40 years of watching racing. Well, Carl Edwards was smiling really big somewhere. I, when I saw Sheldon what happened, Crane was smiling somewhere. He tried that at Darlington this year. It didn't work out against yeah Kyle Larson. He tried, but it didn't work. Noah. But I was when I saw what happened because they cut away really fast to go to Bell because you should show the winner coming across the line. But when I saw Ross come hauling ass through, I'm like, what just happened? They showed a replay. <laughs> I died laughing. I'm not kidding. I literally died laughing because I'm like, that's the most amazing effort I've ever seen. Play the clip. Play the clip. <laughs> Apologies to headphone users, but yeah, that was pretty much what well, happened. It's one of those. It's one of those moments in racing history and time that is going to be generational you're going to see this clip next week and you're going to see it the week after you're going to see this clip 20 years from now you're going to see it 20 years from your grandchildren will be able to see this clip 20 years from now just like the just like the daytona fight just like um, another one. Give Pearson me. and Petty coming Pearson across the line. Pearson and Petty at, at uh, Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt wrecking Terry Labonte. There you go. Most memorable I mean, P5 finish ever. Yeah. <sighs> Unbelievable. He was. He came across the line. Like I said, if you watch, there are videos all over. When this, video, or when this podcast drops, go on whatever social media, preferably Twitter, because it's way easier to find this stuff, um, and Man. look for the videos. Because there are people from the grandstands, like fans, posting their view of it. And there's a video from the middle of three and four inside the grandstands. And you can watch him hauling ass around the outside of the wall. And it, looks it like is. It's double speed. It's yeah. hilarious. It looks like. set a new track record doing it. I have those numbers right here, actually. It looks like a car that spun out <laughs> through the grass, and the people and people that drivers go, "Oh man, it's like it sped up through the grass, even though it doesn't speed up through the grass. It just doesn't slow it, down quickly." It you literally know? looked like a slot car. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch how fast he went through that corner. We have numbers here, okay? This is fun. NASCAR man on Twitter, who is an excellent resource, came out and said, "Hey, his last lap." was clocked at 18.845 seconds. That is a second faster than Kyle Larson's pole speed for this race. A full second faster. It's also a tenth of a second faster than the track record that was set in 2014. I think Joey Logano had that one. But it's not the official track record. It's not though. the official one because that has to happen under certain. Well, there it, it would be actually. Position. From what I have is eighteen. It's the Cup track record. Yeah, is from what I have the official track record is eighteen point seven four six seconds. The driver that did it was Greg Sachs in nineteen eighty six. That's what Google says. So That's we'll. What Google says I don't know what they were turning for times in this last race. I really I don't. don't. Know what I kind tried finding it. In. He was in a whale of modified tour car, 1986. Yeah, that uh, Cavalier. Okay. It could be possible. I don't know. Yeah. They might have had bigger motors back then. No idea. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, they definitely had more tire and lower center of gravity. They had huge smoke. Oh, they had huge. T- yeah, they had big, big motor back then. Um, by the way, we have a new 
Making Laps Podcast Award category for this year. It's going to be entitled The Biggest Killjoy. Our first nominee, Kyle Larson for this. Where is it? <laughs> Where's the sound? There Please. we go. Sorry. I don't know what you guys think. You think you inspired it at all last year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'm a bit, uh, I don't know, embarrassed that I did because that was pretty embarrassing, honestly. I think that's that's not a good look for our sport at all. I don't know what you guys think. You probably think it's cool, but I think it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that was a question about you know, just see his move and whatnot. He would feel differently if his moves was successful. Kyle Larson right. is merely only angry because he didn't think of it first. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, give me a break, Lisa Simpson. Yeah, you, you, you fucking you, killjoy. Go God. back to study hall, dork. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Enough of you. Bleeding Gums Mercy sucked and he deserved to die. He was boring. Yeah. <laughs> fucking waste. I'm sad. Yes. Shut up. No one liked that character anyway. We're the mean podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so yeah, he's the first award nominee for Biggest Killjoy. If anybody wants to send in their Biggest Killjoy, they can can write to us. Yep. There comes the fun police. Clutch those pearls. Yeah, if you have any sort of award nominees, we'll probably list our award categories next week, and then we'll have it two weeks from now for our award show at the end of the year. Okay, guys. Question. All right, go ahead. Over under, when is when is it going to be a new rule that you can't rim right around the outside? I believe honestly that NASCAR is not going to do anything about it. You know why? Because you're just going to destroy your shit, and it doesn't work at like any track, except for this one. This is the only track that it works at. They might make one for this track, but other than that, I honestly don't think they're gonna- like a yellow line rule at at the plate tracks. Well, yeah, and I was I was reading Twitter, and I was reading the uh, like what what all the sports writers and, and NASCAR writers were coming up with, and they said they were talking to people from NASCAR. NASCAR said they were looking at it. There's not going to be a penalty, and they don't even think that they're even going to touch a rule. They don't think anything at this point is going to happen uh but i mean that's not saying it couldn't in the future i'm thinking that they probably only make it a martinsville only thing if they do martinsville or the coliseum yeah i mean the coliseum's temporary walls and that's jersey barriers so uh oh wait no they have they have safer barriers there so yeah um probably the smallest tracks i don't think you'll see this work at bristol I don't think you'll see it work at any other racetrack. We already saw Sheldon isn't Creed it just try a, it. Isn't just it just work, a weird so. thing that you, people are going to start projecting at which racetracks that this move works now? No, I honestly, <laughs> so, you know, like Carl Edwards tried it at Kansas. Didn't work. What about Richmond? It ain't going to work. It's too far away from the track surface. <laughs> what about I New only, Hampshire? I genuinely think this is only a Martinsville problem. Ask Adam Petty and, and Kenny Irwin. I don't think they oh, like that. Oh, too damn soon. I was there for those. I actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody, somebody said, uh, I'd never seen anybody go into turn three that fast at Martinsville. And I said, I don't know, Richie Evans would like to differ on that one. but uh, That's also too soon. Yeah, that's way too soon as well. And I'm like, probes. yeah, maybe Charlie Joe's on back too, but... Um, That'll strike a nerve, I think. But we just got canceled, and we're off the air. Well, there's no listeners left anyway, so they all tuned off. Yeah. But anyway, I think. Uh, oh, what was I going to think? But 
it, the sold out crowd never left the seats. They, they were there waited. for a while. They waited for Ross to get out of the crowd before they gave their big, loud uh, applause and approval. They cheered that was him a so loud. Huge cheer. They cheered him so loud. Yeah. They cheered him more than they cheered Christopher Bell. Yeah, it was yeah. like Christopher Bell. Who the fuck cares? You know, it was like. Well, here's the thing: it's we keep hearing all this nonsense this a- about drivers doing what it takes to win, but that usually entails wrecking someone else or spinning someone else out. This guy wrecked himself. He <laughs> fell on the sword to. to he literally fell on the sword to make it in, and his team was jumping up and down. Did you watch the video of Trackhouse's reaction oh to that? It's outstanding. It is amazing. They're like, whoa, whoa. Justin Marks was standing there like, do do we make it in? They're standing there like, man, we're out of it. I'm nervous. I really hope something happens. Ross comes by them, and they're like, wait, what what just happened? And they start looking at the monitor, and then they go freaking nuts because it clicked at what happened. And it's like, oh, my God, did that really just happen? That was a Game 7 moment right there. The guy literally. That was a Doug Flutie Hail Mary moment. Yeah. Yes. From Boston College. Yeah. In the eighties. Called his own number. Said, Yep. <laughs> I'm watching the reaction Way in the air. right now. Throw it. Long wall. Uh caught in the end zone. Fucking money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um Brad Keselowski got DQ'd from his top five run, which sucks. What did he do? Womp. I think it was low on weight. He took too big a shit before the race. Yeah, must have must have been hot in that car because he lost too much maybe, weight or something. Maybe Ross bumped a, a weight out of him when he was coming by and when he spun bu- him out early in the race. Well, hit him in the bumper <laughs> at the end of the race. Yeah, coming across the line, chunk. Maybe that knocked the bumper out. He, yeah. he, he may knock some tungsten out of the yeah. frame rail. I cannot <laughs> wait for DBC tomorrow. Uh, no, I can't the Ross, for, I'd like to the hear Ross that. Chastain don't give a fuck tour just rolled into Phoenix. He didn't care so much that he didn't care about himself. In a <laughs> in a situation where these cars are giving people head injuries and all this other stuff, he wrecked on purpose. To That's make a great it move because he rest he had total lack of self preservation. That's a great <laughs> great observation. Yeah. He's a warrior. The that, guy that literally, is a warrior. Oh my effort. god. It's just so much. I love creative ways to win a race, especially when it doesn't take somebody else out. It was hilarious. Like I said, I don't see this working anywhere else but Martinsville. Maybe they'll make a little adjustment to the rule. Say, hey, no wall riding at Martinsville. And with one move, Ross Chastain is now the most popular driver in NASCAR. (laughs) I applaud that level of commitment and effort. I really do. He flipped the crowd on himself. Yeah, because it was something nobody'd ever seen before, and made it work. He, yeah, in one, yeah, in two corners, he totally in, made a major <laughs> PR move. I'm just watching it on loop, and I just can't help but laugh my ass off. It, it looks like the test track at Gran Turismo when you had like the the hacks on the cars at 1500 horsepower, and you just taped down the button all day and it, brrr, along the wall as it goes through the corners. Yeah. <laughs> It's so amazing. I love it. I don't care what anybody thinks. That was amazing. Bar none. I don't think you'll see it again. I think they'll just be like like a double line rule at a plate track. No wall riding at Martinsville. Sorry. You got to keep it on the racetrack here. 
just like we have on iRacing at certain yeah, tracks. We, yeah, we make that rule, no wall riding at certain tracks. So, uh, iRacing was gold on Twitter afterwards, by the way. They they got pissed people were tagging them so much. They're like, stop tagging us. Stop it. Yeah. No, no they'll love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they love the clicks. Man, I can't believe I missed that. I'm watching the replay of the finish from the actual broadcast. It's hilarious. You watch the re the replay from other cars? Even better because you watch like Chase Briscoe going through the corner at the normal rate and he comes hauling ass with dust and smoke flying by him on the outside. It's a cartoon. It is a literal cartoon. I don't care what you say. That was amazing. They'll probably make a roll for this track, but other than that, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate. There's gonna be a few. There's uh, gonna be a rule that's basically if you hit the wall, you can't advance your position. You can't wall ride. We all know what wall riding is. So, all right. So why don't we go into the final four here? It is Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, and Ross the Boss. Ross Chastain makes it in by four points. Denny Hamlin had to have been shaking his head when he saw Ross come flying by him on the outside, <laughs> coming to the line. He was yep. flabbergasted. I, he just shook his head. He just he said in his interviews, like, I don't know, I got to hand it to him. It's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you deny the guy? All right, we're done here. Anybody else got anything else to talk about? Anyone else they didn't, anything else? I'm, I'm sorry. surprised they didn't try and DQ him like they did at... Uh... Indy for that move. NASCAR said they weren't even thinking about it. Good. Yeah, they're like, nope. Jess, why'd you shut the TV off? We need I, that thing. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Ah, there we are. We're uh, back. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, one more thing. Yeah, uh, Tony Stupid advanced to the semifinals as of airing. Oh, he actually made it to the final. I, and yeah, as lost. of as of recording. And he made it to the final. He made it to the final. Okay, it, it, top alcohol dragster. And he lost. Well, so that's pretty damn good. He show. lost by a really close margin, though, from what I was told. Yeah. Hang Impressive. on. Let me go look it up. He can let go of a button and drive straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to slow down to go fast in your retirement, you know? He lets go of a button really quickly. Yeah. Highly skilled. Um, close. It says close race, but Madison Payne takes the victory over Tony Stewart by just two tenths, hundredths, ten, two ten thousandths of a second, four decimal points. You know what that means? That means that Phil. God damn, that was a close race. You Phil, I'm sending you this tweet. You know what Share that means? Via, oh, that doesn't work. How stupid. Right. I'm sorry, what? You know what that means? He didn't run anybody over. No. That means that Phil Jakes has more Wallies than Tony Stewart. Ah, fucker. Aha. <laughs> Eat that smoke. Actually, I don't think Phil has his Wally anymore. The cheap plastic replica. Oh, you got the replica for the sportsman guys. Freaking, they did, never gave us real shit. Did you even keep it? No. Oh, where'd you put it? Uh, I think it's at my mom's house. Well, at least somebody's got it. Uh, let's, let's see. see Stewart, yeah, I sent it to you, and yeah, he did uh, win. To, he won in the semifinal, advanced to the final round, and lost by two ten thousandths of a second. It was close. Like he damn near won the thing. Oh, he got tire shake right at the three thirty. That's what killed him. Oh yeah, he did. Not enough horsepower. 
little too Not much horse. Clutch. Yeah, a little too much Not horse enough clutch. power. They were trying he to go for kill. Barely I won for your first time out. Hey man, I I got massive respect. That's like Kurt Busch finishing top five at the Indy Five Hundred. I couldn't imagine going from zero drag racing experience essentially to get in a top alcohol dragster. They're not slow. No, they're not. How fast are they? Well, they got to be five seconds, right? Five point two. Five point two. Yeah, yeah they right. got to be going like two sixty in the two seventy six. Well, in the thousand foot. Okay, so he said he qualified P two on his first run with a five twenty one with a nine at two seventy six point five two. That's pretty freaking quick. But that's, hey, the guy's that's scooting. Guy's got a ton of racing experience and everything. So, all right. So, I mean, he's been two something at uh, two forty, two fifty, whatever the average goes. Average, yeah. yeah. So he's he's been scooting in Indy cars when he was coming up. So, all right. Everything else? Anything else? Whatever I'm trying to say. I need dinner. Yeah. All right. We're done here. We still managed to go two hours. Did we? Jess, how long are we? Two hours. Jesus Christ. I keep thinking it's going to be an hour, hour and a half. Two hours. Great. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can send us some feedback to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at at PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and eventually on YouTube if they ever change it. All right, and you can find Jesse here for a couple more episodes. All right. Boy, looks like you've had a lot of candy. Please, for the love of God, do it right. How do we end the show? Please. Keep the nurse at those stand foots. Thank you for listening. Thank you. He had to really hold on to that one because he is really hyper for no good reason at 10 p.m. All right. Thank you all for watching or listening, whatever the hell you do. I appreciate it. He's on the floor. <laughs>